Hello, my loves. Do you struggle with growing your legs? I know I did when I first started training. It just felt like whatever I did, they wouldn't grow. Well, you're in luck because I have launched the new and improved Quad Queen 2.0 program. It includes a four-week intense workout program with an emphasis on lower body development. This doesn't mean we're slacking on upper body, ladies, because those are provided in the program as well. You'll have everything that you need to succeed, including reps, sets, rest time, and video instruction. Oh, and rest day guidance. If you're looking to grow your lower body and level up your training, this new program is just for you. Click the first link in the description to get it today. Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I am your host, Julia Renee, and Kendall Graboff is not here today. She is uh, picking up her passport because we're going to Costa Rica soon, but I have something better for you. My friend, owner of the clothing brand Metal Saints and boss as CEO and coach, of the muscle building method, Alexis Snyder. Oh my gosh, that was quite the intro. Yeah. Thank you. It's like cool because you're like, I did those things. I did do those I, things. I do those things. I do. Yeah. I just don't usually put the title with it, but I, I like it. Yeah. It's really cool to just put your little title on the back end. For me, I'm always just like, I'm Julia Renee, I have BB Pro. And I'm like, okay, I need to stop attaching my whole identity to being a bodybuilder, but it's kind of fun. It's kind know? of a sick part of your identity though. It is. It was, it was pretty cool. We'll I just guess. put that on LinkedIn. Boss ass and IFBB pro. <laughs> Boss ass IFBB pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming today. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We did a YouTube video guys of us training together. If you haven't seen that, please go check it out. But people just loved it so much. And I was like, I have to have her on because you know, when we're working out, it's like hard to actually, talk especially with how hard we went on that day so I was like I really want to get to know her a little bit more and just know like your story so if you will I know it's probably long but how did you get into bodybuilding like what does all that look like because this is a very unique sport to get into especially for a woman because you know why but how did that happen yeah um so I Grew up dancing. I did ballet and the whole, I know. What? I know. People don't see that. And I was like a little emo kid when I did ballet. An emo ballerina. So I had like the raccoon eyes with the mm -hmm. eyeliner <laughs> and there I was doing my little pirouettes. Um, so I did ballet for 16 years and oh. long time. And um, there was one year that you had to try out to go and dance in Germany. And I had tried out for the dance with my company and I had made it, but they told me you have to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. How, oh my God. Do you mind me asking how much you weighed at that time? I bet it wasn't even anything. Like 115 to 117. Oh I was pretty God. petite. Like I was not. And you're like five, five foot, five, three, five, five three? two, five, oh three. God. Yeah. So me as like a 15, 14, 15 year old girl being told I have to lose that much weight mm -hmm. that fast, um, you know, I was not particularly healthy in my means of going about it. Yeah. And ballet really did like, unfortunately establish some poor relationships with food. Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately I ended up realizing like, I just have too much muscle for this. Yeah. Like they want slender petite women and that's not my build by nature. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I started going to the gym, started getting into training and I really enjoyed that. Um, and then it wasn't until I moved to Austin and I started my corporate job fresh out of college wow. and I was like, 
this is not it. This is not my calling. And I was still going to the gym and I was still enjoying that. Um, and I remember like really sinking into kind of a depression mm-hmm. at the beginning of living in Austin. Um, and so I had gone to my PCP and um, I took the test for depression and anxiety and I was diagnosed clinically with both. Mm-hmm. So I started trying SSRIs and ultimately that ended up making it so much worse. Wow. So I remember there was one day I was laying on my couch and I was telling myself, just get up, go for a walk, get up, go outside, go for a walk. You'll feel better. Like you don't feel good right now. You don't feel like yourself. Just get up and go. And I just remember feeling like there was a cement block, like lying on my chest. Like I can't, like I physically can't. I physically felt like I couldn't move. And to me, that was an extremely surreal feeling because I had never been somebody who had been held back physically. Like that was, dance was always my outlet. Gotcha. Horseback riding was my outlet. Like I was always able to physically move and exercise whatever energy that was in my body Mm -hmm. out by that means. So I remember that day and I remember thinking to myself, this is not like what life is meant to be. It's not meant to be go to work get a paycheck, pay your taxes. Like it's not meant to be to go to this job that doesn't fulfill me, that doesn't fill me with passion. And I don't have any outlet for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that point I was on Instagram and I started, you know, following some more bodybuilders and um, really admiring and looking up to them. And the one part about it that really resonated with me was that it was something that they had to show up for to do and practice every single day. Mm-hmm. So the self-discipline aspect of it was not something that you could just sleep on one day yeah. and say, eh, I'm good. I'll do it tomorrow. Um, and so I started training and I got my first real bodybuilding coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, from there on, like it was just a passion that I wanted to keep pursuing for my own sake of practicing that self-discipline. And in turn, getting that self-love that I wasn't having Mm -hmm. previously. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, for me, it ultimately helped me pull pull me out of a depression that I was experiencing. Um, I got off the SSRIs, and, you know, that's been... It's not... I don't want to say it's the cure to depression, Mm -hmm. but it is an outlet for me that... Um, has consistently been there and allowed me to prove to myself that I am capable mm-hmm. and I can show up every single day regardless of how I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing. Wow. I just got chills on my shoulders. That's amazing. <laughs> and this is why I wanted to talk to you because I literally had no idea. And that's so true because there's been so many moments where bodybuilding has literally pulled me out from like the deepest darkest moments where I really thought that I couldn't get up. And what really resonated with me when you said that was that you've been physically gifted. And I feel like that at some point, it felt like that was all I had. I've always been an athlete. And um, I was a wrestler from 15 to 18. And a lot of like eating disorders came from that. So um, hearing you say that physically I was always able to do the thing but it was crazy because it was one moment where you felt like you were knocked down emotionally and then you weren't able to use your physical body which is like what all you knew up until Mm -hmm. that point being a competitive ballet dancer and like that shit's freaking hard I know because I watch dance moms 
<laughs> basically exactly how it's, it was. It's basically the same, One hundred percent reality. Honestly, though, it's not that far off. Oh god, <laughs> and that it's crazy because there's a lot of sports where there's a certain look. There's this. I mean, we're in one. We it's are. a certain look and especially a certain weight for women. Class. Yeah, and especially yeah. like ballet, there is like a physique that looks nice. And even though I'm watching Dance Moms and it's like a like a silly catty show, but they talk a lot about their physique and like you have a, such a pretty body and she has the ballet physique, like all these things, like basically saying, yes, this is the look. Yes, you look good. And then it makes people think like, oh, I only look good if I look like this. Mm -hmm. And that can be the same thing in bodybuilding if you let it get to that point. So for me, I think the one thing that I'm the most curious about is those beginning stages of when you started bodybuilding. Like, was it everything that you thought it was going to be? Or was it kind of like a slap in the face, (laughs) but in like a good way? Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so really quick, one thing I wanted to make a comment Mm. on is I did ballet and you were a wrestler yes. and I feel like if people were to look at us and were to guess one of us Who did ballet, ballet and one of us was a wrestler I don't think they would guess the way that it was it's true they That's would think the girl cool. was wearing a crap ton of makeup and eyelashes <laughs> it's like, I did ballet when I was like little but that wrestling is so much more badass yeah That's wrestling so cool. was like my thing That's that was super thing. super cool mm-hmm. um so when I first got into bodybuilding, so I actually did a show in 2017. That was your first show ever? Very first show. Okay. Woefully unprepared. Wow. So bad. So bad. Um, but I think that that experience was necessary for me because that's ultimately what ended up bringing me back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first, very first got into it, I was in college. I hadn't been to a show, which I now advise all of my athletes to go to a show before you compete because you really don't know what it's like. Um, And at the beginning, like I was just enjoying training and I was like, I want to get in the best shape of my life. Mm. And so I did that and I did my first show and then I kind of moved away from it for a while. And then um, in 2019, when I moved to Austin, that's when I got like really serious about training again. Um, And so that's when I hired a proper coach and went through a proper off season and went through a proper growth season. Um, and was it what I expected? No. Um, (laughs) it takes a long time and I'm a fast grower and it, it felt like it took a long time of this habitual hitting your macros, hitting your training, hitting your steps, getting your sleep dialed in, getting your digestion perfect, making sure your hormones are in check it was thing after thing after thing after Mm -hmm. thing for months on end. And I don't think that that's something that people are typically aware of when they're like, I want to get into bodybuilding. There's so much other stuff that comes with it. And so much like, not to like stray people away from it, but I was getting like a massage last week because I have to get them every two weeks because my body's just in pain. And I was telling her like, I would have never thought that I would have to spend so much like time and money on things that you wouldn't think are involved with bodybuilding, like getting your blood work, all of the supplements that you need, like aiding in your digestion like recovery, all of these things. So I'm glad that you're mentioning that. Yeah. Physique enhancement at its base is stress management. And that's something that like a lot of people overlook. They just think, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to hop on steroids Mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's all you have to do. But that is like the last thing that you have to worry about. Mm -hmm. If your basic health is not in check, doing all of those extra things is not going to make a difference. It's very true because you need to be like, 
at the your peak performance going into a show with all of your levels being great. Like I know that like ironically, Alex and I have the same bodybuilding coach and um, I, I spent this entire off season really focusing on like get, getting everything healthy, mm-hmm. basically to just run it back down again. Yes. Because you you are willingly putting your body through so much physically, emotionally, and spiritually during this process because you know the reward. Right. And then the reward's not even the trophy or the recognition or the cool Instagram photos. Like you get so much more from this experience than you'll ever realize. And I know that you have too. That's why you continue to do it and keep yeah. chasing it. Um, so I love that you mentioned all of those things that went with it. So I'm curious too, because you said that you struggled with like stress and, um, like anxiety and depression. Did you ever feel like when you were going through those moments when you were like, wow, this takes a lot. Did you ever find yourself kind of dipping back into that? So there's definitely periods, right? Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you go into prep, there are days where like the exhaustion and the fatigue just gets the best of you. Like there are days when you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? It's always the, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And I feel like that hits anywhere between five and eight weeks out. Yeah. And it's during fasted cardio. And it's when you're, you know, 10 minutes in, you just had a leg day and you're like, why? (laughs) You're giving me some PTSD flashbacks. Doing this. I remember the first time on my last prep, the first day that it hit. And I was like, why am I doing this? And I ended up getting through my cardio and then I did my abs and I got through my abs and I just cried. I just bawled. It all just came out. This energy that I didn't know that I had inside me, it just came out. And um, it was that day that I was like, it is about the journey and it's about showing up for yourself and it's about doing the things on the hard days when Everything in your body is telling you not to, but your brain says, no, we said we were going to do this. We're going to keep showing up for it and we're going to do it until the goal is reached. Yeah. And I feel like doing it, especially because no one's watching, like really no one is watching when you're on cardio. Like most of us have coaches that are online and it's like, you don't have to do any of this. You really don't have to do any of this. It's a choice. This is a challenge that you choose every single day and you got through it and then you did your abs and then you let that energy release. Because I feel like a lot of the times, like you were saying earlier, bodybuilding can be so structured and so Mm -hmm. disciplined to where you wake up and your body knows what to do before your mind is, your body's just doing, going and doing the thing. You're on autopilot. So there can be that buildup of stress and anxiety that you don't realize you have because you're like, what do you mean? I'm just showing up every day and doing my thing. (laughs) You know, and it's easy to like tap out of your body and how you're feeling and to like be really in touch with you. It's so easy to do that. I've done it so many times and I'm like, oh my God, like Yes. It's so easy because sometimes you have to go to that dark place. And I'm sure that during that moment when you were doing cardio, you had to go to that dark place to get get yourself through it. So I'm curious, like, what did you do in that moment? What were you thinking before when you were like, I don't know if I can do this. Why am I doing this? And what changed in you mentally or physically that got you to continue? Because those are the times where people just step off and go home. Yeah. And that's what makes the difference between satisfying the goal that you set out to reach and backing down. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I was feeling when I was going into that was I was really like in touch with my body. I felt my legs being heavy and I felt it being 
like climbing up a mountain through quicksand, just trying to get my heart rate up. Like it felt like I couldn't push hard enough physically, despite my body doing everything that I was telling it to do. Yeah. Um, and so something that I actually adopted in my last prep that I hadn't done previously was meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, on a daily basis, every morning before I went to the gym, I would meditate um, for 10 minutes. And it makes such a massive difference. It's crazy. Um, so in that moment, I really just tapped into my body and I said, okay, my legs are tired. My body is fatigued. It's a lot of work to keep going. Do I fight that feeling or do I allow myself to feel that feeling for as long as I need to embrace it and allow it to help fuel me forward? Not try to fight away what I'm feeling, but experience everything that my body is telling me and then just keep going because that is the goal that I set out to do and that is what I'm going to continue to do. I had done it every day up until then, so why would I stop now? Um, so that's kind of the, the transitional point for me is like, this is what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. You can continue to feel bad about it or you can embrace it and allow it to be your fuel to push you forward. So that's yeah. kind of the transition that I went through, especially last year. Um, and I think that that made a massive difference to my general mental health and prep. Um, because previously, like if things didn't go exactly how I want it, it's really hard and Mm -hmm. you get upset and you get frustrated with yourself. Whereas last year I was able to say, okay, this isn't necessarily going how I want it, but getting upset and getting frustrated with myself is going to raise my stress. Yes. And stress, as we know, Mm -hmm. is the opposite of what we want to get our physique to respond how we want to. So I embraced it. I listened to my body. I let it feel how it was supposed to feel. And I kept my brain on autopilot and Mm -hmm. kept doing what I knew I was supposed to do exactly how I know I was supposed to do it. Um, And, you know, while it doesn't always feel like sunshines and rainbows, Uh um, getting it done, the immense feeling of gratitude that you have for yourself. I remember like this one specific example we're talking about. I was laying on the ground. I had just finished all of my core routine Um, and I had just finished my vacuums. I was laying there and just tears ran down my face because I was like, I did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like doing any of this Mm -hmm. and I still did it. And it just really went to show me that like, I am so much more powerful than I think that I am. That's the name of this podcast. You know that, right? (laughs) I do know that. That's crazy. (laughs) That's so crazy. And what's, what's crazy is uh, the last question that I ask all of our guests and when was the moment that you knew how powerful you really were? And it seems like that could potentially that's be up there. <laughs> that could potentially the getting be off one. the couch was another one. That's a, that's huge. Yeah. That is so big. And it's such a micro moment of you like simply getting off the couch, but everything that is just like tied to that is so powerful. Yeah. And I love what you said about, oh my God, it slipped my mind. It was okay. Where was it? We're talking about cardio. And then uh, the, easing into your body, feeling that, that thing. Yes. The answer that you gave is literally not what I thought you'd say at all. What did you think? I was I've never say? said like, I've never heard anybody say it in that type of way. It's that you basically were just saying, feel the feels. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Don't like, them. yeah, feel the feels because you can simply just like pretend that it's not even there, but you addressed it. You're like, okay, this is there. 
but I made a decision, I made a choice, and I committed to doing this, so we're going to do it, and then you just did it. I've never heard anyone say it in that type of way. Oh. Yeah, so that's cool. cool. Yeah, usually people are like, I just did it. And it's like, <laughs> cool, thanks, but that didn't help me. <laughs> but like, how? Yeah, and that's something that, like, again, meditation very much helped me with is mm. when you're feeling bad feelings, a lot of times our instant response is to fight them. It's panic. It's panic. It's react. It's yeah. not wait sit with it, feel those feelings, understand what they're telling you, and then respond how you need to respond, keeping everything in check that you can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a massive difference to my ability to get through hard times in prep, but it's also made a massive difference to my relationships. Yeah. Being able to sit with whatever you're feeling as opposed to just reacting to it Mm -hmm. and having your behavior be dictated by those feelings. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that you mentioned like not reacting so quickly to the emotions that you're feeling because whenever you are on cardio and it is really challenging in those like moments of I'm just so depleted, we're so quick to just constantly say in our mind, like, this is hard. This hurts. My legs are tired. I I can't do this. And then that goes over and over in your head. And then you convince your body to get off and our body can go so much further than our mind can go. Yeah. And I think... Did you post something about that the other day? Probably. It might have been. Oh, wait, it was me. (laughs) But then, no, I posted something like that. And then I read yours about bodybuilding, about like the journey being sometimes lonely. And I was like, yes. (laughs) I mean, not like, yes, it's lonely. But I was like, yes, I feel that. So, oh, I love that so much. And I've been doing that recently. Well, I've always done a certain certain type of meditation with my cardio. Mm -hmm. But it's like a visualization meditation where I'm literally visualizing myself on the exact stage. Huh? Is it Johnny's thing that he has in, in his... Uh, no. Oh, you don't have that in yours? I might. I've just never seen it. Oh, okay. And your protocol is it has like visualize oh. your goal and then act as if you've already achieved it. And that's, that's like crazy. part of his morning meditation for him. Yeah. That's crazy. Our coach has that on my plan and I had no idea. <laughs> it's I've on been, page like 12. So that's crazy. Okay. I know. It's so many pages. Um, I've, I started doing that when I was getting my pro, when I was getting my pro card and, um, literally visualizing what the stage would look like, what it felt like, what I was hearing, who I would see if I heard my dad in the audience, all of this types of things. And it makes such a huge difference because now you're just putting in like coins in the bank and the universe is going to provide you with that experience. So you're already feeling like you've lived it. You've been there, you've done that thing. And weirdly yesterday that you're saying that I was feeling pretty tired at the gym yesterday, but ended up PRing on everything that I did only because I started imagining, I was like, well, well, I've imagined myself getting my pro card and what it sounded like and where I was and what I looked like. And I, that happened. What if I imagined me lifting all of this weight? And I imagine, yeah, I literally just imagined like lifting the five plates or doing that amount of squat and Every time before, and I, I did it each time. It was wild. That yeah. I was like, I need to do this more often. I was like, I lifted so much heavier than before. So I love that that's like a part of your routine because I just recently started doing that with lifting. I've always done it with cardio, but never yeah. with actually lifting things up. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. You yeah. train well too. Yeah, thanks. I You're appreciate welcome. it. <laughs> so I want to know, I mean, we're obviously going to get into like more positive sides of bodybuilding, but we've talked about like a little bit of both, but what do you think is like the most surprising challenge of bodybuilding in general or something that maybe people wouldn't realize 
is a part of a huge part of this sport. So things that people don't realize, I think that, you know, a big part of it is like social media. We see all of the glamorous, beautiful, sparkly parts Mm -hmm. of all of us. Very true. And rarely do we see those crying moments and those hard moments and those Mm -hmm. tough conversations with yourself. So I think that something that I am a, like every conversation that I have with my athletes before they started prep is whatever mental state you are in presently, it is going to be that exponentially. If you are not in a good mental place presently, gotcha. you are going to be in a terrible mental place. Mm-hmm. If you're in an amazing mental place and that's something that you feel very strongly about, you're very in touch with who you are, um, how you operate, and you're comfortable and confident and you love yourself, that will grow. But if you don't, it will get worse. So I think the biggest thing that that boils down to is your why mm-hmm. and going into the sport if your why is to prove someone wrong, <laughs> you are probably not going to get through this prep. It's probably not going to be as great as you think it's going to be. You're not going to have a good time. You're probably not going to be terribly successful. And you're going to come out of it the other side with probably a fucked up relationship with food and your body image because your reason for going into this had nothing to do with you. Yeah. So I think that that's something that I I don't know that enough people address prior to getting into the sport is truly understanding their why and what's driving them yeah. to do this because it's an extreme sport. It's not something that you can just hop in say, and I'm going like, to just do this. I'm going to do bodybuilding. <laughs> it's something that takes all of you and it takes a community around you, you know, like your support system has to be in place, especially if you want to take this thing far. Um, so I think that that's, Probably the thing that I don't think people consider enough is understanding their why behind doing such an extreme sport. Wow. I've gotten goosey bumps like multiple times on my my bike. Stop. I I just love this sport. I I just love this sport so much. And meeting other like really badass, powerful women that use this sport to fuel them in like all aspects of their life and not only just impact their own, but impact the people around you. I don't know like if any of you know. Alexa personally on a personal level, but she is always like so happy. And I'm, I'm saying always because like the way that I see you interact with other people and it's just like inspiring to me because oh I get, I can get really depleted by other people's energies very yeah. quickly. So I have to like mentally prepare, especially when I'm on prep, it goes down. Yes. I'm naturally very introverted. So it's not my first thing to like go up and talk to a stranger or make new friends. So the fact that I've made so many friends at this new gym is literally the first time ever. I've never had friends at a gym before because I usually just work out and it's my head down and I'm seeing just how amazing that it is to have all of you guys like we there's this giant group that is at the gym and they're like all friends and I've been blessed enough to be like included in it so when I'm feeling depleted and I feel like I have nothing left I go there and they fill me up and you're always the person that fills me up and I'm like how does she do that oh my god like how does she have that because she knows when I'm not feeling that great <laughs> she's like babe you okay and I'm like <laughs> I'm just really tired and this is happening. So it's just incredible that you can do all of those things and still show up and be a light 
to everybody. She literally knows everybody at the gym, and I like don't know how. I'm like, oh, there's another person she knows. There's another. It's just super cool oh to gosh. watch. I really appreciate. It. So that mm. definitely comes from. I moved around a lot growing up. Um, it was like every two years, pretty much I was moving. So I was always a new kid and I had to make new friends. Yeah. So that's where that came from. But I will have, you know, when I met you, (laughs) I was like, she doesn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) But then I kind of realized that that was like, you're a bit introverted. And like, I was like, I'm going to make her be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) When did we first meet though? Was that, so was it the body armor one? We met at big techs. Yes, a okay. long, long time okay. ago. Um, and you said that you liked my freckles, and I was like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she said I that. I was like, I saw her in the mirror, and I was like, your freckles are beautiful. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> a compliment from a lady that is beautiful versus a dude that is beautiful, oh, respectfully, so much better. but like, we are playing yes. different game. One is amateur, the other is major leagues, <laughs> yeah, baby. It's so true. Yeah. Like, when I go to the gym, if like a girl compliments me, I'm like, <laughs> I was literally falling apart before this. And you said that if a guy, I'm like, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Bye. Good. Good talk. Okay. Bye. Oh Um, my God. You (laughs) thought I hated you. Dude, I did for a little while. I was like, I was like, all right. I was like, I haven't gotten in quite yet, but like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep breaking this wall down and we're going to friggin' be friends, dude. So anyway, I'm glad that I did. Yes. Um, And I'm glad that you were receptive to it because I definitely understand that. Like, like, like I said, I moved a lot growing up and for a long time I kind of was that person. Like I didn't really talk to a lot of people and Mm -hmm. I kind of kept to myself and I found interactions kind of draining. Um, and then, you know, I was, forced to get out of that comfort zone mm. um just because like I was either that or not know anybody around me it's true yeah. I've just been I've I've done things like seemingly alone for such a long time like wrestling You've done them well wrestling's a a solo sport especially because yeah. I had no other girls on my team so I couldn't even win a tournament as a team because I was the only girl. So it was just like, I have to, everything that I think that I have to do is like alone. Like I have to go through my, uh, emotions alone. Like I can't share anything. I have to do this alone, which can be great and powerful because it's gotten me a lot of success, but it can also be very detrimental to friendships, relationships, and that connectivity with other people. So I'm glad that you've like forced me out of that because it was, (laughs) for me, it's like, I'm a little turtle and I'm like, all right, are they, do they really want to be my are friends? Are you safe? No. Are you safe? Yeah, are I'm like, safe? are you safe? No. No. Are you safe? Are you, no. I'm no. like, not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I'm like, it's happening. <laughs> Everyone stay calm. Everyone stay calm. <laughs> so um, I'm glad you told me that because that's going to, I am very aware of like how I am in public with other people because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know. So I always want to make sure that I am approachable and that people don't see me and are like, she looks like she's mean. So there's occasions so, where I'm at the gym and I'm like, remember, you need to smile because I'm like so into it. And I'm like, see somebody. And I don't like, think people think that. Smile. I don't think people think okay, that. Good. <laughs> I think people are, I think you're intimidating. Oh, you have amassed this success and like established <laughs> who you are. And everybody sees that and they see it as this like confident, powerful energy. Mm-hmm. And so when I would like come up to you and try to talk to you and like, it felt like you were not interested. I was like, oh my pray for her. She's a holy, holy, holy woman. <laughs> like not pray for her, but like you are like this goddess. Oh, and God. I was like, oh my God, let me into her bubble. And this is just what's crazy is that people might even see that with 
professional bodybuilders. But the thing is, like, like if they only knew what was going on inside, like we are regular ass people, regular ass people, <laughs> completely introverted. All I do on the weekends is stay home. All I do is gym and then go back home and get your uh, battery pe- recharge, get my battery recharge yeah. and people scare me. So but I've, I've come a long way. I have a podcast yeah. like YouTube channel. Yeah. Literally, this is the last thing that my past self ever thought I would be doing was speaking publicly and sharing like every little vulnerable detail about my life. Le- the last thing that I damn good job I do. And that's why I needed to do it because it's a, it's a growth edge and bodybuilding taught me that. And that goes back to bodybuilding. Exactly. Getting out of your comfort zone. It's very true. So I'm really glad that I've been able to do that, but I'm curious too, because we, when we were texting before coming to this podcast, we were talking a lot about like the off season. And I know personally, I don't know if you think the same thing, but I think off season is even harder than on season. Much. Okay. Harder. Oh my. Like mentally seeing your body change, your hormones, and just like you feel like, wait, what do I do with my day? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm I don't have. A hour of cardio extreme where do I go yes to like so hmm. much harder um I think you touched on so many things there so like your body image mm-hmm. going into the sport there is a period of time during the year that you look superhuman like yeah. you look like you belong in a DC comic book bro and it is so sick but it can also be super hard to come out the other side of that. And that also ties back to something I don't think first time competitors are fully aware of is like, yeah, you're going to ride that high for a good 12 to 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. And then as you come back down, you're going to have to show yourself extreme amounts of grace and love because on the other side, it is a really hard experience. Your Mm -hmm. adrenals are crashed. Mm -hmm. So your brain is already functioning at a lower capacity. Your hormones are kind of depleted for the most part. They should be if you're lean enough. And on top of that, you have to deal with gaining weight and going back to being a regular ass person. Yeah, which is a good thing and which is what should happen. Which is exactly what you need to do. Yes. But everything in your brain is so exhausted and so tired and your body is so exhausted and so tired that it is extremely difficult to show yourself the grace and the love that you need to be shown. Because you expect yourself to be that superhuman forever. Right. Even though when you are that superhuman and you might look like a superhuman, you don't really necessarily feel like it. You're like, I always, the one thing that always grounds me is thinking back to like, how I actually felt when I was that lean. Mm -hmm. Of course I was happy and I was so excited. Like I love what I was doing, but my feet hurt. My legs were swollen. Slipper game important. You know, it's like, right. (laughs) Right. You need, you need some cush on them feet. Yes. And just remember, I'm like, well, but the thing is I don't want to feel like that all the time. Right. And I need to get body fat back on me so that I can get healthy again. And so I can get my strength back and I can lift heavy, but you're right. It's hard to realize that, this is necessary right. for you to be the person that you want to be and achieve the things you want to achieve. The on-season physique is built in the off-season. Right. And it's a really challenging time for bodybuilders because we sometimes, if we do it not incorrectly, but we put everything riding on that show date to where your dopamine hits so hard on that show date and maybe the same day. And then the, you wake up and you realize like, wow, I'm done competing. What do I do? And then there's a crash. A lot of people go through depression. I've, I've done it every single time in my off season, gone through a really low point and then I've come back out of it. So I'm curious, like, how do you 
maintain a healthy body image during the off season and maybe like some tips and things for anybody that is struggling or something that you tell your clients to do? Yeah. So I go through the same thing and I think that it's pretty typical. Post-show blues are very real and they're like, again, everything, all the chemicals in your brain are depleted. Your body is fatigued. Your adrenals are shot. All of those things should say, okay, don't be happy. Um, but for me, a means of mitigating it is maintaining as much of that um, habitual routine as I can. Yeah. So I still wake up every morning and get my movement in. Mm-hmm. To me, waking up, starting the day, getting movement in, you accomplish something right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I wake up, I brush my teeth, I make my bed, meditate, and then I move. And those four things, getting them done, just makes you kind of feel good. Regardless of how you look, regardless of what you're thinking, regardless of how you slept, any sort of variable in your environment, if you can accomplish those things right out the gate, you'll feel better. You've already done like three to four things that for me, I always think of it as like, I have these little check boxes by my head and I'm like checking these things off and I'm putting stuff into my confidence bank. Right. And you're right. Like even those things seem very small, they add up and then they can propel you to do more things. And yeah. that's the thing is that sometimes in the off season, I don't do any of those things. Yeah. I don't even want to get up. I and don't I, do my movement. I'll stop journaling. I'll stop writing my goals. And it's a direct reflection of how I'm feeling in that moment if I don't do those things. Right. And it's, and that's kind of where it comes into same thing we were talking about earlier with prep when you're feeling tired and you're feeling fatigued, except this time you're not fatigued and you're not tired and you're not starving. Mm-hmm. Your brain is just kind of not doing, connecting the dots that you want it to connect. So I will say, and I go through the same thing. There are days where I don't want to do that and I don't do that. Um, So I think that it it does come down to self-discipline. And, you know, something that I preach and I preach to my clients a lot is that self-discipline is the most pure form of self-love. Doing the things that you need to do that will make you feel good and ultimately change the outcome of your day is what is going to make you feel better despite not wanting to do it. Um, So there are going to be days where you don't do it. And on those days, you need to show yourself grace and um, brush yourself off and get up the next day and do those things, do those things that you know that you need to do. Um, And so that would be my thing that I would say is like, show yourself grace on the days that you don't. And on the days that you do celebrate it. That's very true. And that is like the, that could be the make or break point where maybe there are a couple of days like off season where you basically eat free meals like all week. Like sometimes that'll happen and you can't, you feel like you can't get back on track with your meal plan and everything. And you're still depleted and you don't really want to do cardio. And you're like, don't really want to lift because you've been doing it for like five to six months straight. And it's like, I'm just shot in all aspects of my life. And I think there's this moment where you have a decision to make, whether you fall back into those old patterns of not focusing on yourself, not being disciplined, not waking up and meditating and journaling and getting movement in, or you can continue to do those things. Right. And I feel like there's a point, maybe like a week or two weeks where people think that they're too far gone, yes. where they this are, is it now. this is it. This is just how my life is going yeah. to be. And yeah. it can be really difficult to like pry yourself out of those moments. And I think that's when you really need to tap into knowing your power because you accomplish so much. Yeah. And now that you have the resources that your body physically has the resources to do those same things, you should do those things. And it's just reminding yourself and yeah. again, stacking 
one thing after the next, after the next. Mm -hmm. And when it feels like that you've gone too far overboard, that's when I say to people, okay, take a step back. Let's focus on something really simple. Let's hit your protein goal every single day this week. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about your carbs. Don't worry about your fat. Don't worry about anything. Just hit your protein. And then they do that. And the next week I'm like, okay, let's hit your protein and hit your steps every day. Doesn't have to be everything. And I think that that can also be applied to people reversing if they have a really hard time reversing is like, if you try to hold yourself to the standard of hitting the protocols that you hit while you were in prep in your reverse and you are feeling so overwhelmed and so drained, trying to continue to do that every single day is not going to help you. It's going to ultimately end up making it worse. Mm -hmm. So take a step back, focus on the big picture, show yourself grace and say, this is what I'm going to do today. One single singular protocol, Mm. hit it. And then if you hit it, do it again the next day and the next day, and then add something to it. Don't hold yourself to the standard that you did when you show day standard (laughs) when you had a show, a a stage to get on. Yes. It's not going to be the same. There's nobody watching you. Um, so, you know, showing yourself that grace and then easing back into it is, is something that I am a massive proponent of. I love that. And I love that you said like baby steps instead of just going like balls to the wall again, because you're, you're so right. You are so powerful. Like you just did an incredible thing that only a tiny percentage of the population will ever see their body get to, or even do. Right. And you might be struggling just to like get out of bed or to do your morning routine or to get your steps in, but you have done so much more than that. And you just like helped me a lot too for when I'm getting into my off season. If I can do this many hours of cardio for this long and this many training sessions and this little and look like that on stage, I can get up in the morning. You can get up in the morning. I can write in my journal. Like I can write in your journal and you'll have the physical resources to be able to do so. Exactly. You'll have food. Yeah. But (laughs) you'll have food. (laughs) So true. Your brain, your brain can be so ridiculously powerful and it can also be so ridiculously detrimental Mm -hmm. to everything in your environment and everything that you do. Yeah. It's definitely, I think the what bodybuilding is all about. It is. It's, it's, it's all personal development. It's all mindset and people don't really realize that, but the people that do realize that early are the ones that are going to be the most successful and that are the most successful Yes, because you're, mind is going to want to quit before your body's actually going to and bodybuilding bodybuilders continuously defy what the natural body is supposed to do when they push past those limits all the time and it's because they're just mentally strong and they might practice and it's just practice so this is just what I do yeah this is what I do so I'm curious as we kind of like wrap up here you're a figure competitor, you're also a bodybuilding coach. So I'm curious, what is it like being a woman in a male dominant sport and being a woman who's a coach in a male dominant sport? Because there's mainly male bodybuilding coaches. We all know. The commentary I have gotten, especially coaching. So I have a client in prep right now, Brayden. And he's under seven weeks out. And he's a male IFBB pro. And the commentary that I have gotten, whether it be under their breath, and I've heard it at the gym, or directly to my face of, like, women are should not coach men. Mm -hmm. And... From what I understand, this has been Braden's best prep. 
Yeah. Like he has had, amazing. he looks fantastic. He's had energy throughout all of it. His motivation is high. His hormones are in a good place. Um, so it is, it has been, this has been a new challenge for me that I, though I have experienced previously in different kind of environments and facets, it is something that I'm still adopting to. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, women have to work through in so many different ways is like <laughs> stepping up and saying, no, fuck that. I'm an equal. Like I am educated. I'm intelligent. I know what I'm doing and I can give him the recipe that he needs to get there. Mm-hmm. And in the same breath, like I can be an emotionally present person that sure. sometimes I think men lack in this industry is like, they don't show their emotions. They suppress them and they pretend like they're not happening, mm-hmm. which ultimately can end up leading to a lot of mental health issues once mm-hmm. you're done with the show. Um, and so I think that that is something that I, uh, women usually get knocked for, but ultimately it can be our strong suit is yeah. putting on a poker face when you need to, but also recognizing that we are humans and yeah. we experience tired and fatigue. And sometimes you need to give your client a pep talk and sometimes you need to give them tough love. Yeah. Um, and so that has been definitely challenging. You know, I've, I've heard different comments about, you know, somebody talked to me who's, uh, who's a coach and was like, Oh, you're going to learn so much this year. And I was like, well, I fucking hope so. Like I, isn't never that what s- this is about? Or? Isn't that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I never want to stop learning, but in the same breath, like don't talk down to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I know how to produce a strong athlete and my proof is right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same thing with, um, you know, being a female in a division that, require some upper body mass, mm-hmm. um, is you definitely receive commentary, um, you know, suggesting that you're a man mm-hmm. and I, but in no sense of the word resonate with being a male. Mm-hmm. Like I have a tomboy style sometimes, but that does not like change what I identify as. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be exhausting, but in the same breath, like, taking those comments in and recognizing that they are very much just a reflection of the person who is saying them and an insecurity that they are having um, is, is what I have to remind myself when I start to feel those things mm-hmm. and I start to let those into my bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be difficult, but at the end of the day, like I think it ultimately helps me build the character that of the person that I want to be. Definitely. That's yeah. so cool. And It is, it just, it feels like on the point of having a little bit more empathy and being a female coach in the Mm -hmm. industry, because one of the biggest things that I have heard from people DMing me or other people's experiences with coaches, with male coaches, I, there's tons of incredible male coaches. Like we both have one, one. my, um, who's very empathetic, but also can tell you like, you got to just like fucking do it at the same time. My, um, boyfriend was a male coach and he's like one of the ones that women love to go to because he was very emotionally intelligent and he wasn't just like well, you're just not working hard enough. Well, just suck it up. Like, I don't really care if this is going on. But that's one of the things I hear a lot of women say is that their male coaches will treat them like that. And then they feel 
inadequate or that they're just not working hard enough or right. they're they're a problem and stuff like that and it, it makes them not want to be in the sport right and a bad coach can literally be make or break if someone continues to be in this sport so yeah. i'm glad that you're spreading that and you have a balance between like we i know human. when to be masculine and yes. i know when to be feminine yes. and like there's a human aspect to right. this coach relationship instead of just do what i say because i say so yes because it's a hard thing it's a hard balance to get. It is. Because there's a part in prep where you just have to, okay, I'm sorry, but you have to suck it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like you have to be hungry. <laughs> yeah. You have to be hungry. You have to yeah. be tired. You have to be fatigued. And you're allowed to feel everything you're feeling. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah. You yeah. could feel the feels. Yeah. But just keep going while you feel the feels. Yeah. You've yeah. come this far. Don't yeah. stop. Yeah. And then yeah. we learned that from our little cardio talk earlier. Yeah. Just, just feel the feels and then keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been an incredible episode. Thank you. Um, I learned so much from you guys. You can find her in the description. All of her links will be down there. Please follow her. If you're interested in bodybuilding coaching, I couldn't recommend her anymore. Oh I've seen her work and I've seen how much work she puts into literally educating herself and making sure that she's just always up to date with things. And like, that's something that a lot of people don't do. I'm going to be honest. So thank you so much. I thank appreciate it. Is there anything me. that you want to plug before we sign off for today? Um, just that I'm so glad that this friendship has blossomed. Me too. And I'm glad that we, I'm glad that I came out of my this. turtle shell. Yeah, I know it's safe. It's safe. I promise. <laughs> I know. It's something I'm definitely learning, but <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And as always, guys, I love you all so much and you're more powerful than you think. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Power podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and rate and review the show. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like to be answered on the show, feel free to email us at knowyourpowerpodcast at gmail.com. 